Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 34-year-old today, a 35-year-old tomorrow from Brockton, Massachusetts. His hockey journey took him to the USA, Germany, Finland, and Denmark. Drafted fifth overall to the USHL. Former captain of the UMass Amherst whatevers. Three-time Danish All-Star first team. And that is because in the regular season, he amassed 173 points in 119 games played. But where he really made a name for himself was 61 points in 44 games played in the playoffs. And that is why he is a two-time gold helmet list. And his career ended with the uh, Bremerhaven over the Fishtown Penguins um, for Fumfjar in Deutschland. Um, he played five years at Bremerhaven to end it, and I knocked out his front teeth. Welcome to the podcast, Corey Quirk. Oh, Wally, that was a great introduction. Thanks for having me. I remember that day like it was yesterday. I did knock out your teeth, right? Yeah, I think they were already messed up to begin with, but uh, <laughs> uh, I have some crazy stories about them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you tried to go to the net hard on me, and I, uh, that was when they had split us up. We had been on the same line like the whole year, and you tried to take it to the net on me, and I was like, no way, man. And then all of a sudden, you face planted, and then all of a sudden, yeah, your teeth were gone, and whoops. <laughs> oh, man, they were already fake to begin with, but uh, yeah, actually in Hanover, it happened. It happened at the end of the season. We were playing a charity game. We were practicing to play a charity game against the, uh, what was it, the Indians, because they were going bankrupt. Puck comes off the side of the post, comes wide. Sasha Gotch, big body. I'm not the biggest guy, little guy there. Came out, knocked out the front teeth. So that was how it happened. Oh, so I don't have the to first feel that time. bad. I don't no. have to feel that bad. No, not at all. Okay, so... How we start this then is how we know each other, which I, I first thing I wrote was, yeah, your teeth. <laughs> and then, um, well, I guess I'd like to say I finished second in the league in the Danish league in scoring, but I guess that's because you got suspended the last two games. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? I forget what I did. Maybe elbow or something. I think you need a guy. You're, you're a dirty little oh, prick. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you're that. a dirty little prick. That, little, that guy on Alberg, Needham, is out the last two games. Yeah. So, so you had to miss the last two games. And then I think I, 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 I uh, greased in an assist to tie you for second in the league. <laughs> oh man. So that was a thank great you. year. Yeah, no, man. And we, so that year we were line mates uh, for most of it and we were ripping it up. Eh? Oh man. It was unbelievable. We were, uh, 
We were great. And then uh, our counterpart on the other side there, Stefan Frank, uh, was the beneficiary of us, I believe, <laughs> <laughs> made the uh, Danish national team that year. He had a great year. But uh, yeah, know, he did. He, had, he went, he, he played well with us and went to the net hard. And um, then I think, but playoff times, they switched it all up. And um, that's when they brought in Patrick Aslan and you played with him. And then I was, got, I played with spelling and uh, the other Wally and, um, and uh, yeah, like we had two really, really talented lines for that playoff drive. Eh? Yeah. And that league, especially in that league, those top two lines, they play the bulk of the game, right? If you're having on those two lines and they're really good lines, you have a, a good chance to win back then in those days. And um, that is the other way how we know each other is we did win gold helmets together, eh? Unbelievable, huh? That was my – I always wanted to win a championship, and that's kind of why I went there to that to the opportunity to win a championship. And uh, to get the gold helmet, oh, I should have brought mine down in the basement. <laughs> uh, I maybe little... I can't wear this too long. I can't really hear you because the headset's <laughs> not on right. But, uh, yeah, this is like a, a party favor around the house here. This is This is great for parties now. Oh, absolutely. The little guy, my little three-year-old now, he wants to wear it when playing hockey. I'm like, absolutely, put it on, rip with it. It was, uh, yeah, like I've heard previous episodes when you talk about uh, going to the bars with the helmets. And I remember my first year there, I, my helmet got scratched on the way to the bar. It was the crazy daisy fell down the street and everything. And uh, I think I took one of the young guys' helmets. Give me that Dow or one of those young guys at the time. <laughs> I, I think um, what happened was somebody as a joke, like somebody on the team, like, signed my helmet and i was like <laughs> if i was gonna get a signature on the helmet i don't think it's gonna be yours like give me your helmet and i took it from him. <laughs> i know oh, what a mess those enough. gold helmets were that night though like it is quite the show when everybody gets one eh oh so cool especially winning it it was uh yeah game seven there in herning and uh beating them convincingly last seventh game it was uh pretty cool to do that and uh, actually on home ice and your little guy was there and just a cool experience for all of us, I think. Oh man, winning is just the best time ever. And like, once you do it, it's so addicting. And I guess you guys did again, but we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, like I, the one game I remember from that playoffs was, I don't, it might've been the first game of the playoffs or it was the first game of the finals. We went to like double or triple overtime and it was just exhausting because like you said, the top two lines played a ton. And then I think it was on like a four on three. I set you up for an overtime winner, like in the triple overtime, right? Yeah, it was something like that. I think I remember that. Uh, yeah, one of the I just that game to be over. Yeah, I just wanted that to be over, man. It was like back and forth. They had a great team earning at the time. They were coached well by uh, Bjorkstrand there. And those guys were like robots. Just everyone played the same thing. Everyone played goalie. I remember they would go out to block shots playing goalie. <laughs> uh, they yeah, did play different than any other team for sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And the other way we know each other is that same year. We basically lived not like there were apartment buildings. Your apartment building was right beside mine, but they're kind of like little townhomes, right? And in Sunder Yuski. Yeah, what was it? Clovervi. Clovervi Street or something. Yeah, that's uh, right. 37 was, Clovervi. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was special. It was obviously a small town. I come from a small town here. And it, uh, I mean, the Danish people were so warming and everyone was so nice. And it was, it was good to be there. And uh, I had no regrets going there. And just a great great bunch of people I was around. I remember 
having some drinks with some of the neighbors, the uh, Greenland neighbors and the certain neighbors we had around, right? It was uh, cool. No, yeah, it was a great town. Nice people. Um, like you couldn't say anything bad about it. Um, it, it was just different from like the other t- cities you play in in Europe. It's a little town. Like it's little. And then you got an NHL rink. It's just bizarre, right? Yeah, it's definitely different. Uh, everyone, they come from Germany, to uh, northern Germany, to go to the games there from Flensburg. And it was, uh, yeah, the crowd support and all the fans, it was uh, something to be uh, to be told there. It was pretty amazing to be a part of all that. Yeah, Every and, night was packed. And that was seven years ago now, eh? Oh, man, it goes by too fast. It doesn't, uh, doesn't slow down for sure. I know that. Well, like just looking at the pictures, getting ready for this, like with Colby and I see him now is like, geez, like, where did it all go? Like, that doesn't seem like that long ago when me and you were ripping up the Danish league. I know, huh? Seven years ago. That's wild. Uh, Yeah. Like Colby's so little now, like in that picture, it was crazy. I have two kids now and I had none there at that time. Yeah. So that's what gets us into where and what are you doing now? Yeah, so I recently retired this past year, kind of at the end of the season from Bremerhof, and I had an opportunity that I I couldn't really pass up uh, here in, in Massachusetts, Rhode Island area, to be a medical medical device sales rep for uh, Smith & Nephew. So I am uh, got my hands wet in Germany. I was in the OR in Germany. I kind of reached out to an orthopedic surgeon there. It was like wild, wild west. I was in there in Germany holding retractors, holding legs open, and there was no rules. And here it's uh, what, so. What schooling did you have to be doing that? Zero schooling. You just asked a dude, and he was like, "Here, hold these." Yeah, it was. I mean, it's Germany, right? It's just different rules for different things. And uh, as a team orthopedic surgeon, uh, this guy Florian, and he let me in the OR, and I was. I told him I wanted to go into med device sales, and uh, he let me in there. And I thought it would be a good idea to do it for interview purposes when I came back and obviously it, uh, it helped me a ton. So what did you actually go to school for? Psychology and education, nothing to do with the operating room. And so you, you got an opportunity and you jumped out it. Good for you. Um, when I wrote down for my notes of where and what are you doing now? I just wrote down femur pick because you said, um, let's book it for this time. But if I run into a femur, then, you know, we might have to delay things. And the picture you sent me was, was gory. So is that what you're looking at in the OR these days? Yeah. So I'm in trauma. It's uh, I mean, I see a lot of uh, motorcycle accidents, poly trauma that call. So multiple injuries, you can have a shoulder injury, a hand injury, uh, ankle injury, stuff like that. So they're working on multiple parts of the body at once. It's pretty cool to be in there. And I'm it's like that team atmosphere. I have another guy with me that we, we do all of uh, Rhode Island and Southern Connecticut, and we're kind of fighting for business against other, other uh, medical device companies to try to get the surgeons to use our plates and screws. And it's kind of cool. Like that team atmosphere, man. It looks like the, the and it's competitive, kinda. right? Cause you're trying to beat other people at the sales. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, we're one of the top companies like strikers, a big one everyone knows about cause they make everything, but, uh, yeah, you're trying to fight against the other team, get the surgeon to uh, use your products. It's kind of like that fighting on the ice to get that that goal, but someone trips you and knocks out your teeth. So, hey, that's, hey, that's what it, it's kind of the same idea, though. You know what I mean? Don't bring it to my net. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pay the price. And just apologizing for the 50th episode, folks. I had too many ales. I got a little excited 
Jeff talked too much. And I, um, I, I guess I, I had never been first in the UK in my life. So I got maybe a little carried away. I'm sorry about that, folks. I'm back on my game today. You know, it's just now two ales and hockey tails, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, that last one, the three-hour marathon. It, yeah, but I, I was a little wound up there that day, you know, being first. It was pretty cool. So anyways, um, <laughs> moving on, that's the competitive spirit. I, You know what? It was just, it was a big day, right? Absolutely. I saw that. It was amazing to be above. Spitting chiclets is here. Two wheels and hockey tails is right above it. That's amazing, man. It's a huge no, accomplishment. Yeah, man. I like, I want to uh, like frame it and put it up in the shed here where I stand and like, just like, yeah, maybe I did five episodes in a week. You know what? People listen to them. So back off. <laughs> <laughs> Doing something right, right? Yeah. So back off. Um, okay. So that's pretty cool. I had written down, how did you learn in Germany? Because you had told me about that. But you just asked like the team or orthopedic surgeon and he let you get your foot in the door kind of. Eh? So you had an idea what you wanted to do before you came back. Yeah, well, I think... Uh with COVID and everything. I didn't even know if I was going to go to Germany because they were talking about the season wasn't going to happen if we didn't have fans. They kept on saying that. Um, so I kind of wanted to cross my T's and dot my I's just so I know that I have something. I have a family to support here and I, I wanted to have something to fall back on. And I know I, I wanted to get into that. So I kind of got into it early. I think COVID actually helped everything, to be honest. Yeah, no, it, it does make you think a little more, right? Like that's how, I guess, how I came up with doing this, right? So um, the other thing is you do have kids. You didn't have them when I was with you. So where were they born and what do you got? So we have a, a girl, Eva, she's six. She was actually born in Denmark, Holding. And uh, we have a son, Eli, he's three. He was born in Bremerhaven. So you got a German and a Danish baby with two American parents. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're Welsh, German, Canadian, and American. <laughs> yeah. That's neat. So any, any language barriers during the, that, those uh, days there trying to have the kids. Cause uh, we, we had that in Germany that first time. Um, in Denmark, it wasn't that hard. It was uh, everyone spoke English. So it was fine. Just kind of the epidural we want. My wife wanted more, more, more American uh, epidural in her to get not so natural. But uh, yeah, in Germany it was kind of we know some German and the the people there in Bremerhaven. A lot of people speak English because you can do be, Sprechen ein bisschen Deutsch. A uh, bisschen Deutsch, uh, alles good. Oh. Well, in Bremerhaven it's hard. If you, we've only had five German guys. Uh, I mean, I think in five years when I was there. Just because all the passports we get. Yeah, ich Nick arbeiten bei mein Deutsch for oh, acht oder nine Jahre, aber ich bin sehr gut. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, my daughter, my daughter went to school <laughs> there, so so she she we go to McDonald's and she's the one ordering McFlurries and uh, Happy Meals for us. Well, the the boys in Ger good. the boys in Germany have been getting a little pissed with me that I haven't been having any German guys on, and they've been asking like, when are we doing like a full German episode? And I'm not even close. I couldn't even, I could hardly get that out. But you know what? Maybe if I started hearing it again, maybe I could do it. But okay, yeah, moving right. on. Um, so that's cool. You had the kids elsewhere. Paperwork's a bitch, though, eh? Oh, that was the worst part of all of it, right? Going to the U.S. Embassy and getting the birth certificates and all that. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, so much paperwork my wife had to do. 
<laughs> oh man, exactly. I, didn't, I actually don't know what the paperwork was, to be honest, but yeah. I know it was a lot. I signed a lot of papers. <laughs> yeah. Where do I sign? Here? Okay. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Uh, minor hockey to getting drafted fifth overall to the Waterloo Blackhawks of the USA. That's not Ontario, folks. And I saw you also played high school hockey in there. So that tell me about that. That's a little different than where I'm from. Yeah, so in Massachusetts at the time, high school hockey was like the best. You'd play high school hockey and then you'd go to college. Um, the high school I went to, Catholic Memorial, it was uh, a lot of former NHL guys go there. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, a great four years. We were the best team in Massachusetts. We won three state titles. And uh, from there, I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to go to UMass Amherst. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, – a great experience there and uh, kind of set me up for going to college and playing in the United States hockey league. And uh, yeah, from, from UMass, I went to, to the USHL to Waterloo. I had no idea what it was in Iowa, what I was getting myself into, but uh, I got drafted to Waterloo and uh, the so, staff. I- so like I saw you played high school, right? So you're living at home playing high school at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect. Uh, and, but perfect. then, then in the u.s you can just get drafted anywhere just like the ohl um yeah you can get drafted any team in the ushl yeah right so you yeah so like if you want to do it you're moving away at that point right yeah you have to to play in the top junior league in the united states is in the midwest mostly so that's what you have to do right and it's a draft that you can go anywhere yeah that's like it's kind of, I think it's different here. Like in junior for a kid, like, I think you can somewhat choose where you want to go, right? Yeah, it, there it's kind of, well, I guess you could not go and maybe go to a different team. But uh, I guess if they draft you, you have to go to that team. Yeah, no, it's that just, point, it, it's yeah. interesting, right? Like, because we have that with the OHL, but that's when you're right. giving up your scholarships where you guys are going there to get scholarships. Right. Yeah. I think it's why I got drafted so high kind of because UMass, I already had a scholarship in high school. So they knew I was going to be there for one year and I kind of, I was a good player at the time. And uh, at the time there wasn't uh, as many college players as there is now. Every team has every guy's going division one at the time. I mean, what is it? Yeah, 13, 14 years ago, it wasn't uh, – holy, holy shit. Yeah, uh, I know, I know. It's, it's more than that, I think. <laughs> yeah, it might actually be. I was trying to – oh, man, yeah. Yeah, at the time, it wasn't uh, – on our team, maybe we had six or seven guys going Division One, so it was a big deal if you were going Division One. And uh, now, yeah, it's the top league in the U.S., and uh, a lot of players get drafted there to the NHL. So Yeah, I th- and uh, yeah, no, there's more scholarships out of that league than the Canadian kids. I don't think they need us Canadian boys as much as they used to at the USA schools. I think they got what they need down there yeah. now. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're right? Like, yeah, there's just so many more players down there. But anyways, um, so how did you choose uh, UMass Amherst? At the time, they were uh, like top five in the country. Uh, Thomas Pock went there. He was like a Hobie Baker finalist. And uh, it's close to home. And I had some other options, Maine, UNH, some of the Boston schools. But uh, they kind of were the first ones to be all over me to come. And uh, it was kind of like set your own path there. And uh, not like BU where they already have championships and stuff like that. It was kind of 
you can be pioneers here. Come to UMass and do well. And uh, it's called Zoo Mass too. So it's a good party school. So I took that into consideration as well. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great time there. And uh, I don't uh, have any regrets going there for sure. Well, this is a hazy sunset, folks. And uh, that brings up my sponsor real quick while we're into this is uh, on Canada Day yesterday. We went down to Bayfield, uh, to the Bayfield Brewing Company, and uh, had a great lunch with the family, and uh, the food's incredible, the beer's awesome, and when we got there, they even had, like, uh, we proudly sponsor Two Ales and Hockey Tales with the logo up in their, like, window case, like, where the menu was outside, and I tell you... I have never been so hot and bothered. Wow. Signing autographs and everything or what? No, it was like, and then the kids saw it too, right? They were with me and I didn't know about it. And I saw it. I was like, Colby, Zoe, look. And like, they saw the logo. They were just like, what the hell? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Things, are <laughs> <laughs> Things are getting weird. Things are getting weird. But anyways, um, I think it's interesting. You went to UMass. Um, did you have any other schools that like wanted you? Because you said they were the first ones to really get after you, but I've seen you play. You had to have had a bunch of schools after you. Yeah. UNH. I really wanted to go to UNH in Maine. Uh, there were the other two schools that offered me and, uh, it was up to those three. And I thought that UMass at home, it was kind of close to home and uh, just a good opportunity for me and my family. I mean, to get a full ride there from, from having nothing, it was kind of cool to kind of jump on that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No, I, I totally know. I jumped at the first full ride too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when uh, someone's offered me a full ride to go to school and play hockey division one. I kind of, why choose anywhere else? <laughs> well, I've never been to that school. I never played them. Um, what is the rink like? What's the town like? And the, the town's called Amherst. Yeah, Amherst. It's a. Uh, I think it's like sixty thousand people there. It's a huge school. It's uh, yeah, the rink's enormous. It's uh, seven, eight thousand people. Um, Sellouts. Yeah. Some games. Yeah, BU, BC at, at the time. My sophomore year, we were very good. Made a tournament, and uh, yeah, it'd be a sellout all the time. So it was, uh, yeah, it was fun to play there. Well, um, I do have, like, you guys had to have been good because I'm looking at some of the players here. Um, I got written down Jonathan Quick, uh, Koska, that played for the Leafs for a bit, I remember, because I really liked watching him as a player, um, just as a hockey fan. I, I liked how he played. Um, and then we got our old boy, PJ Fenton, uh, or Weekend at Bernie's. And um, <laughs> we got Cappy. Uh, from my Hellbrock oh, Falcon days. And uh, then Steven Werner, I remember playing against him in the second league of Germany. And he was a very talented player too. Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of good guys. Um, okay. Steve. Jonathan quick. You got to give me a rundown of playing with him. Cause like when I see him do the splits across the ice, I'm like, how do people do that? Yeah, man. I, uh, I lived with him for two years, the two years he was at school. And uh, yeah, he was so raw there at the time kind of more polished now but at the time splits like that just so competitive too as well he was uh just a competitor like one of those goalies i think we've all seen him that uh just hates to get scored on scoring on him and wants to smash his stick over the over the glass and stuff like that but it, it was a uh, few and far between that we were scoring on him so uh yeah, he was really a competitor and uh unbelievable unbelievable guy and uh just obviously he's had a hell of a career <laughs> well like just the, like yeah like did, was he stretching when you lived with him? Was like, he's stretching all the time or how do you do this shit? He does. 
No, not at all. He was just uh, just natural. He, he can uh, just be. He can. You can just do the splits and slide across the crease like that. You can just do it. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't stretching or anything. Uh, yeah, that's the honest truth. He was well, just, I got uh, down there to tie my shoes today. It was a pretty big deal. <laughs> I know. I remember after some games, my socks. I couldn't even get down and pull the soft <laughs> stuff. This guy's oh. doing splits. Yeah, he's still doing it. Uh, yeah, amazing, amazing uh, it, goalie. It, for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. I like when. Yeah, he's been an incredible goalie for a lot of years, man. Like, incredible. And that's pretty cool. You So, how many years did you play with him? Yeah, two years, freshman year and sophomore year. Sophomore year, he was he was lights out, probably the best goalie in the country at the time. And uh, that's one of the reasons we made the NCAA tournament, because of him. And, uh, yeah, he was awesome. So, uh, then I guess uh, the other player I had down there was uh, – PJ Fentanay. He was my line mate in beating Heim. We were ripping it up. We'll get into that year when you're in Rosenheim, but um, yeah, like uh, what was he like in school there? Cause his old band was the big cheese too, right? Oh yeah. PJ was great. Yeah. I, uh, well, he actually came and played in song as well at one time at the end of his career. And, I don't uh, remember. I forgot he went to Sindriuski. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. PJ. I talked to PJ, uh, every here and then uh yeah great guy great player he's uh well, hopefully he doesn't big time me and won't come on the pod because he's got to keep all the secrets eh i know he's a big time scout now so uh yeah I don't know, hopefully we're gonna get him on i'll send him a message after this and tell him to stop he, well, he's, he, he, he's dodging me i dodging me <laughs> yeah what a joke um anyways and then yeah cappy was in hell um but uh yeah and he <laughs> uh, was awesome man i love he would always hang out with me and quickie and uh yeah he was uh, a talented kid though unbelievable quick oh. hands uh super talented very talented very yeah. talented very talented kid man very i talented. played with him my sophomore year he was a senior at the time and uh yeah he was on the straight and narrow and uh did well and uh yeah that's good, man. I, I actually, yeah. I actually heard he was on the straight and narrow and he's doing good. And that's great to hear, man. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's awesome to hear. Um, anyways, great to hear. He's doing well. Moving on as I saw that you were the captain though, like with all those great players on those teams, you were the captain, eh? Yeah. Assistant captain, my, uh, junior year and then captain my senior year. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, obviously we had a good team at that time. And, uh, a lot of good players. Justin Braun was there too. I think he's almost played a thousand games in the NHL. He was on those teams and Matt Irwin as well in Buffalo. So uh, yeah, we had a lot of great players, just kind of, it's a tough league, right? And uh, every team's good and uh, got to bring it every night. And uh, yeah, some for, years we didn't have it. So you guys had that many good players, but you're still playing BU, BC, Northeastern. Who, yeah. I, I don't even know that league really. I never really played against St. teams from that league. Yeah, BUBC. They get all the Boston kids, all the best Boston kids, all that uh, national program. So where and, is Brockton, uh, Mass? Then where is that? Where you're from, Brockton? Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of south of Boston, maybe 30 minutes south of Boston. Um, kind of a hardworking town. Rocky Marciano came from there. I don't know if you know him. Big boxer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> welterweight champion, but uh, heavyweight champion, heavyweight champion. That's it. yeah, um, that's the undefeated. That's about oh, it. Claim to oh. fame. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know Massachusetts. Like, really, I went to Northeastern for uh, a recruiting trip, and I was like, this is, like, there's too many people. It's too much for me. I need to go somewhere, like, smaller, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. Northeastern's hustle and bustle in there. I truly don't make it into Boston. That's why I'm on the suburbs now. Down I got, south, okay. so I got you. Away, away yeah. from all that. Yeah. Don't have to go through the tunnel with everybody dodging and weaving like it's Mario Kart. <laughs> throwing <laughs> throwing oh bananas at each other. Or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Middle fingers going left. I'll never right. forget it, man. I got off the plane from Elmira, Ontario. I've never left home really. And I get on a plane by myself and I land in Boston and the, the coach picks me up and we are bobbing and dipping and dodging through this tunnel and yeah. like i thought we were in a game of mario kart <laughs> yeah who could get there the fastest try to dip and dodge everyone yeah, and they were all they were all mother effing each other it was nuts yeah park the car and have it yeah and, and well and i'm i usually cruise by like and wave at the mennonites the horses shitting <laughs> on the side of the road and i'm like hey how are you nice to see you like and <laughs> I'm on the dirt roads and I don't need to go over 30, 40 kilometers an hour. That's, I don't really need to, you know, but no, uh, absolutely in there. It's uh, yeah. Different it's speed, a, different yeah. speed. You do that there. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so you guys did have good years. You never really did win anything though. eh? but you made it to the tournament. No second year. Yeah. We made it to the tournament. Made it, uh, we played actually Maine. Maine had Ben Bishop. We had uh, John quick in that. And we've, lost to them but wow, uh that's quite the, the final four yeah it was amazing yeah it was a good game for sure um so then what are your pro options you're the captain mm -hmm. of the team but you're that's still somewhat when they want big boys and you're littler than me quickie just hey, saying hey 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 um, quirky quickie that... quirky i forgot the quirk i don't have the same bank account um <laughs> <laughs> i understand hey i understand oh, no so out of there yeah yeah i kind of wanted to get to the american league and uh i didn't really know well, what was i going to do go to the american league i didn't know anything about europe or any of those options at that time and i i kind of my assistant coach he was a assistant coach he was a head coach and assistant coach in albany and uh, that's kind of how i got there it was it was kind of a luck of the draw in albany at the time they had a uh a bad, bad, bad uh, bus crash. So a lot of the guys were injured and uh, it's just terrible injuries. I think, uh, yeah, t terrible injuries. And uh, it was kind of an opportunity there. And I did really, really well. I played well and played a lot of good minutes, power play, penalty kill, and, and kind of showed my, uh, my worth and uh, kind of got a contract after that by the Sharks. So it was good the next year. Okay. So you went there on like a PTO. Mm -hmm proved you could play in the AHL, but then you signed with a different team. Right. Yeah. They wanted me back, but uh, I had an option to go to, to go to San Jose and, and compete there and kind of fulfill a dream to play in the NHL. That was always my dream. And uh, obviously I camped short, but uh, to have an opportunity is all you need. Right. Oh, no kidding. So you were on a two year deal then with San Jose. I saw you played with them for two years with uh, Worcester, 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 Worcester. Worcester. Welcome to Worcester. Welcome to Worcester. 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 <laughs> oh my God. Worcester sauce. <laughs> what? A, okay. Sorry. My yeah. Bad. So I, I went there. It was, it was, uh, yeah, close to home. Same kind of deal as UMass, close to home. Family, friends could get there and uh, could play. Good. We had a really good team my first year. We had Logan Couture was there. He probably shouldn't have been there, but uh, he was. He would have made too much money in the NHL. And uh, I, I got something yeah. to say about that though. When you bring his name up, is when we were playing in Sunderuski, um, and we were line mates. You used to always shoot it from the goal line. 
And like, I had never been around anybody that shot it from the goal line so much. And I remember like one time, like we had, we had a cycle going and we were working it around. And then all of a sudden you took another snapper from the goal line. And then finally I was like, quirky, like, why do you keep shooting it from the goal line? And you were like, I learned it from Logan Couture. Like he does it all the time and it like goes in, <laughs> right? Little different player, but yeah, that's kind of, that's why I got it, man. For sure. I saw him do it a bunch of times in the AHL. I was like, this works in this league. I mean, can it work in the Danish league or any league, any other league? You know what I but mean? But you can and, catch uh, him off guard once you did it. And then I was, I started looking for it. Like you see their knee crooked a little bit and you can, you can shoot it in there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he was unbelievable. In the, in the American League, going back to Worcester, he was uh, too good to be there. And I uh, had a great year, and obviously he's the captain of the NLC now. He's doing well, right? Yeah, no, that's cool, though. Like, I just remember – I'll always remember when you said that to me because I I had never seen – Why is he shoot- shooting it around? I, I was like, like we, we got full control, and then all of a sudden he snaps it from the goal line. <laughs> but then I, was, then I started doing it. <laughs> so, anyways um, – so yeah, I guess we're into that. Is uh, you're with San Jose, and the first year I saw you, you played well, and you got ice time. And uh, did you ever feel like you were somewhat close to Wakala? Um, no, not at all. To be honest with you, uh, not really at all. We had a lot of good guys, and uh, I think uh, <clears throat> I was just happy to play. To be honest, I was happy to play and contribute and uh, play that second, third line center role, um, kill penalties, do whatever the coach had had me to do to, to kind of make it try to prove my worth again and uh hopefully one day play in the nhl and i mean it didn't happen but uh, i played in exhibition games and i was lucky enough to to be on the plane and i thought that was the coolest thing in the world to be on a plane playing arizona at the time so that was a huge highlight in my my career just to be on a plane and then <clears throat> i'm in the plane and uh we're playing in phoenix and joe thornton's he's coming to Phoenix with us and playing and uh, it's a pretty cool story. He's uh, we have a new assistant equipment manager and he's, he's there and uh, <clears throat> has no idea what Joe likes, what Joe needs. Joe's a superstar. So Joe needs what Joe gets and Joe needs a fresh care, uh, fresh roll of clear and black after every period. So that he's yelling at the guy, where the fuck's my tape? Where the fuck's my tape? I just remember that. And then the Jersey, he always had to take off the Jersey of the equipment manager. because he, he needed it really tight. So he didn't show up and he's yelling at the equipment manager, Vinny, Vinny, get over here, take off the Jersey. I thought that was the coolest thing. Like this guy's made it when he's having the assistant equipment manager, take off his Jersey off his back, man. I'm in the corner like this with a grocery stick in my hand. <laughs> oh dear. Nah. Yeah. That's I've cool ne- stories. Yeah. I've never heard a bad thing about Joe Thornton. Everybody that talks about him just raves about him. Right. Oh man, it was yeah. Just being up there and being how those guys live, it was uh, pretty cool. Some of the stories. Yeah, yeah, I never got that close. I I got to watch a game, an exhibition game from like the the top of the Columbus Arena. That that was pretty cool. That I was like, I said like I was a player and I went up top and watched from the top and watched the other players play. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It actually was close enough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so you like you did play well, and so you're going to their training camps, and you're you're like, what are the training camps like then? Because would those would be your first ones? Because you were a free agent, right? Same as me. You're just going right into it. Yeah, right into it. I've never been to a uh, NHL training camp, and I'm I'm in there. Tom McCollins, the coach at the time. I'm just trying to fall in line and kind of 
work hard and keep my mouth shut. Right. <laughs> Do you not think though, like those guys that get drafted and like they're around it from the time they're 18, 19, 20, and they're going to these little rookie camps and they're around the NHL, they're around the coaches, they're around the other players. Like it must be such a smaller culture shock than like when you're a free agent, you just played college. You didn't think you were going anywhere like right. me. And then all of a sudden you're going to an NHL training camp and you're like, Holy shit. Look at these guys. Yeah. They're big boys. And uh, they're there for a reason. I can remember a story, man. This is the story that always sticks out with me. I'm on a bike upstairs and I just jumped on a bike and Patrick Malo jumps on a bike next to me. And there's a, uh, a, a TV screen right in front of us. And it's like hockey's on. And it's always like Patrick Malo is getting traded. Patrick Malo is getting traded. And he's right there. He's right there next to me. He's looking up at the TV and he looks to me. I'm just not saying a word to him because I'm starstruck at this guy. And he's like, I'm not getting traded. I have a no trade clause. I go, oh, okay. Yeah. You, you, you made it. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That story will never, it will never, never leave me. I just think that this guy's amazing. And uh, just to, to be there and be a part of it was kind of cool. Oh, for sure, man, that you even were around it. No, I, I never got there, like I said. So the two years, so the second year I saw wasn't as good. Um, but then from that year, you decide you're done with North America, like, and you go to Germany, to Rosenheim. How do you make that decision? Yeah, so uh, I uh, kind of saw the writing on the wall that I was third, fourth line, not really – didn't really have an opportunity to play in the NHL. And uh, I kind of reached out. You, you talked about it earlier, Stephen Warner in Rosenheim. He was there the previous year and he had good success, played well. And then he moved up to DEL and he was telling me about, yeah, come here. It's a great opportunity. The coach lets you do whatever the hell you want. Uh, he loves imports and uh, it's a good team, good organization, a lot of good German guys. And uh, cool arena too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I was like, I guess so. I mean, I know nothing about Germany, but it's, I I trust you, Steve. Uh, you're McCaffrey at UMass and a uh, good guy, and now you're playing in the DEL. I mean, it must be a good opportunity. So I kind of said, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's 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 go there. Let's jump on a plane, Rebecca, and we're going to Germany. Pack up." <laughs> yeah, no, I I've played in that rink a bunch of times, and um, it's old school, right? Like it, it's old school. Man, it was. Uh, First going there, the stands are like this at an angle, and uh, the fans are amazing. That first year, we uh, we played Lansdowne in the finals. It was uh, it's a huge derby, right? That close 45, 30 minutes away, and it was it was amazing that that whole thing. And uh, I'm so glad I made the opportunity to go there because I probably would have been done with hockey at that time. Oh man, that uh, that Lansdowne Rosenheim final would have been Looney Tunes. Like when they get the derbies going and those fans are that passionate it's the soccer it's 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 crazy right man no one knows any idea about it with the drums and the i remember i scored a goal in the overtime in uh in lancer i got bears thrown all over me and and everything people in america would be like there's no way people are throwing beers and bottles on the ice glass bottles and all this they sure it's just do. how it is there they they do there and there's no rules and uh yeah, they're passionate fans, both those clubs for sure. I think is it Rosenheim? There I think it was Rosenheim was the town that 
we would go there and like we really needed to win because all the fans would come on the train and then we would play and whether we won or lost, we were getting on the train with the fans all the way back to Beatingheim and they'd have kegs and the, like, like full taps on the, the train and you're drinking with the fans. And if you lost that game, the whole way home, they're going to chirp you about how are you guys so bad? Why are you so bad? But if you won, it'd be the biggest party you've ever been a part of. <laughs> yeah, man. I've in Bremerhof, We did the same thing, same type of thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fans love you. Uh, if you win, if you lose, you were the worst hockey player they have ever seen ever. It's, uh, yeah. Ever. It's, uh, it's uh, pretty crazy, but uh, yeah, hey, they, the, they love the way, hockey there. By the way, <laughs> woolen chop, new beer here. Quirky. Got to explain this one here. This here is a brown ale, malted, ascented with hints of chocolate and hops. The Woolen Chop is our delicious spin on English style ale and an ode to our building being a wool shop in the 1940s. This brown ale stays true to the craft and creativity woven into Bayfield, Ontario's history. No need to spin yarn on this one. This ale will certainly please. So there you go, Quirky. And it is really good. I've had I've Sounds had a really couple good. now. It's delicious. I have the best sponsor going. So, That's anyways, better move on here. Um, so you go to Rosenheim. We haven't talked about that season though. You go there and uh you do mm-hmm. light it up. I remember you. Um, it was the year I was in Beatingheim and we were not good. But PJ Fenton and I had a great year together and put up a lot of points and we were in a real scoring race, right? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I remember you guys, you guys were good in Beatingheim. Obviously you guys didn't have the best team, total team, but uh, as two players, you guys were we got very a lot good of together. You had a lot of points. It's <laughs> all that matters sometimes. <laughs> well, when you knew you couldn't win the game, there was it was hard to worry about other things. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that it was awesome. I was so glad I went to Rosenheim. It was a great experience, and to go to the finals there as a low budget team in the second league, it was uh, pretty cool. Sure. When you when you're a low budget <sighs> second team and you make the finals, it's like when I was in Landsuit <sighs> my first year. Uh, very similar, but you put up bigger numbers is that like the whole city gets behind you so much that like, you feel like, you know, you feel like you're like the best hockey player in the world because they love you so much and your team's doing so well. Like the confidence you get when you play the game. Right. Yeah. Right, man. Exactly. That's hundred percent true. Um, yeah. in Rosenheim, everyone loved us because we were, I mean, they just moved up from the third league two years prior. So uh, to go to the finals in the second league was uh, an afterthought for a lot of them. And uh, just to make it there was pretty cool. And to go six games, it was uh, it's really a good, a good experience for all the fans and everyone involved. The owners and everything were thrilled, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, no, I like I. And so my other question <laughs> about that is uh, you probably like every hockey team needs a great goalie. <laughs> So um, can we discuss your goalie that season? Because um, he's <laughs> like watching him play, man. I'll never forget him. So folks, I'm asking about <laughs> Norm Miracle. 
this fella had played in the NHL. I think he had won a Stanley Cup. And I would watch him in warm-ups at the other end for Beatingheim to see where to shoot. And he would just stand there and not move. He would not care at all. People would shoot it in the net and he'd just stand there. Then all of a sudden the game would happen. And it was like I was watching Kung Fu Panda. Like, seriously, he all of a sudden, this big, enormous, chubby fella, all of a sudden starts kicking pucks out of nowhere and I'm getting chances and making the shots I want. And all of a sudden this fat fella is kicking them out of the top corner. Yeah. Norm. <laughs> I mean, description spot on. Um, he was Joe Rogan, a hockey podcast folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was, uh, yeah, you said it. Once the game came, he was lights out, kick saves, didn't matter double pack save, pad saves. He was amazing. And uh, yeah, he had an unbelievable career in Rosenheim, especially he was one of the reasons why we went to the finals. He was uh, his warm up. You want to hear his warm up? His warm up was amazing. Ping pong before the game. He'd play a couple of rounds of ping pong against one of the young kids just to get his eyes going, I guess, to, to get it going. But uh, yeah, he was a bigger fella. I would say <laughs> nice terms. And I would hang out with Norm a lot. He was a great guy. And uh yeah, he was unbelievable goalie, like you said. He was unbelievable once the game came. Well, sure. it's like it, it. It's interesting. Like the whole hockey world is like, just because he doesn't look like you're supposed to look. That goalie was as good of a goalie as I ever played against. Man, the saves he made against me, I was like, what the hell was that? I don't care what you look like. But then it wasn't even just the saves that I didn't think he could make. It was that every random shot that you would shoot, it just got sucked in. Like, it just got sucked in like a vacuum. Yeah, he was amazing, man. Yeah, like you said, it doesn't matter about your appearance. As long as you can stop the puck. And, uh, yeah, he played, like you said, he won a Stanley Cup with Detroit. He was doing things right in North America and uh, played in Russia, played in DEL. He had a great career and uh, you could stop the puck that's all that matters when you're a goalie no, and right? <laughs> yeah man he was an incredible goal and i see how you guys did so well with you scored him and net like now nah, yeah that's that's a recipe for success but anyways <laughs> you had a good year but um my curious question is because i got stuck in the second league in germany i had some opportunities to get out and yeah. I, I, I probably made some decisions I wouldn't have if I replayed them just because I was too loyal or whatever it was. But um, you go there for one year in the second league in Germany and you go from there to Finland, man. How do you go from the second league in Germany to Finland? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know. Uh, so my agent was Finnish at the time, Finnish. And uh, I had Bill Zito. He's the general manager of, of the Florida Panthers now. He was part of the agency. It's called Acme Sports, and uh, one of the agencies finished, and he kind of pushed me to go to Finland and play with, uh, yep, it's called JYP and Uveskula. And, uh, yeah, it was a – In mean, what a town? Uveskula. Uveskula? Starts with a J, though. Right, but the J is silent, like yogging. <laughs> yogging, correct. Yes, yeah, Uveskula. So I, <laughs> yeah. So I went there, and uh, – Obviously, it was the year of the lockout, right? <clears throat> so that kind of put a damper on things when you're only allowed two imports in uh, one of the top leagues in, in Europe. So it kind of sucked at that time. 
so Rich Peverly was there and Lars Eller and then uh, yeah <laughs> Corey was on the bench and playing in the second league that's why I played in the second league and then I uh, but like the league in general and the players were that's why there's so many in the NHL so many Finnish guys in the NHL the league was amazing it was uh, <clears throat> it was just like the AHL right guys working their ass off going 100 miles an hour with some skill so it was uh yeah, definitely a big jump off from uh, from the second league, and uh, it's a huge opportunity for me. And uh, obviously, it didn't work out, but uh, it was a. Then I went to I uh, went back to Germany, I went back to Hanover, and uh, finished off there after the season. So it was good. Yeah, no, I did see that. Um, so how do you get hooked up with that agency? Like, how do you? Um, is that in college? You're getting hooked up with them as a free agent? Yeah, yeah. So when I was at UMass. Uh, <clears throat> Bill Zito reached out to me and uh, thought I had potential, I guess, and uh, kind of stuck with him and went to Europe with him and then ended up changing agencies once I was after. Once I went to Sonda Use is when I changed agencies, yeah. Okay. I never, yeah. It was different for me. I don't think I had an agency, but yeah. Anyways, moving on. Um, so Finland, I saw you played um, a, a few games for that team, and the lockouts, man, they screw everybody, right? Like they totally screw everybody. Yeah, like it's... you could have gone to Finland, and your whole career could have been totally different, and your bank account could look totally different if it wasn't for the lockout. Yeah, absolutely, it affects everyone. It doesn't just affect those guys at the top; it affects us little guys down here that are trying to cut and grind for everything right to make it and make some money and do well and continue to play in top leagues and stuff like that make it a career right and like absolutely and then all of a sudden you got everybody dropped down a level and then all of a sudden it's we note guys that like really want it and uh more than even the guys that in the nhl that come take their jobs that don't even care i watched it a few times (laughs) no i know those guys come in there i mean Sometimes those guys, yeah, like you said, they go drag at the blue line, turn it over. They go down and score. And then the NHL star just goes off the ice. Like it doesn't even matter. Well, your team just lost because you were trying to be a hero, but yeah, right. In Finland, it was, uh, it was all finished in the beginning of the season. And then uh, once Rich Peverly and Lars Eller showed up, it turned to English. We started speaking English and catering to people and doing certain things. And, uh, I don't know. I guess that's how it goes if you're, if you're into that. But uh, it was uh, definitely an experience that I'm grateful for. It made me stronger, man, to have some some failures there. And I was able to play in the top leagues after that. So it was good. Oh, man. That, you even got the opportunity to get there, man. I would have loved to even tried it. I never even got the opportunity. And, like, yeah, like, it. I don't know if it would have been good for me, but it seems – I'm, I'm happy you got the opportunity, but you did go to the DL then to Hanover, which um, I, I, it looked like kind of whatever, you know, you, you played there and then the, the playoffs ended. And in, in Germany, if you don't go on a run in playoffs, all the imports get replaced. Everybody gets replaced, right? Right. Well, so that was the last year of Hanover Scorpions too in the DEL. So they went to Schwenigen. Schwenigen bought the license. So, uh, so that was the wild wings. So that happened too. So, but I wanted to go back to Germany and that was the whole goal to get back to Germany and get that pension and stuff like that. So uh, that was one of the reasons, right? <laughs> yeah. Folks, we never do talk about this on the pod is there are 
there are bonuses to playing in Germany. The UK is more fun. I Germany is fun and you get to see different cultures and all that, but they also have a much better, they have pensions for players. Um, you wouldn't know about it, but they're paying into it for you. Um, that stuff adds up. Um, I'm not going to lie to any players here. This is a true podcast. Germany has a lot of perks to it, right, Quirky? That's absolutely right, man. Uh, yeah, a lot of different companies, Alpha Sports and stuff like that, that can help you out immensely. It's uh, something you don't know going to Europe, and I had no idea, and I just try to feed my knowledge to other people and tell them. Well, I guess you know enough. what people should know about this, and I've never talked about it, is yeah um, absolutely man like alpha sports is a is a company where where there's other people that will help you but they're the top <laughs> dogs is if you get injured playing in germany um there is a way to get compensated for your injuries based on getting hurt at work and um it can really help hockey players and the biggest difference is if i were to hurt my knee um in denmark I, I would get a pat on the ass and a thanks for coming. Right. If I get hurt in Germany, you could actually, um, I guess, what's the word? Get like get compensated for your, your injury and your life suffering. Schooling can also go into there as well. And uh, yeah, it's a huge, uh, huge benefit to go in there. And uh, I think it should be for you for sacrificing your body and all that for, uh, to get compensated for it. And also the pension goes into it as well. And uh, that's a huge perk for, uh, for after hockey, after you retire and down the road for your family and kids and stuff like that, that we don't think of at the time, but uh, later on in life, it's uh, a huge perk for sure. Right. Well, like it, it really is. And when you're in the grind and you're trying to just get contracts, like the, the German, I don't know, social system, is great for hockey players and um, like they do take care of you. Um, there's no doubt about that with yeah. the a- extra compensation you can get. So moving on, where are we now? Oh, we're in Sunderuski. <laughs> so you left, ha- left hand over <laughs> and now you're going to Denmark with me. So we are Dan Siemens first two signings, me and you. Eh? Did you know that? I did know that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's uh, episode 15's first two signings is us two, eh? Smart, smart play on his call. Hey, well, we sure made him look smart at the start of the year. <laughs> and then I'm in a sauna with Daryl <laughs> Andrews episode 49. And he says to me, they don't want you guys back. Like you guys are too yeah. small. They want bigger guys. And I'm like, what? I'm like, we're first and second league in scoring. He goes, I'm telling you, the volunteers have heard you guys ain't coming back. And then you were back. I wasn't. <laughs> Thanks, Daryl. We're not like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm you. feeling in a funky groove at this point. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm like, Oh it. dear. The bearer of bad news, Daryl. Yeah. That's what he was. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a great year though. Eh? Like we did have a lot of fun. It was like, we won a lot of games, man. We didn't really go through much adversity until the final series right yeah i mean that's kind of why i went there it was kind of like the past year right i was in finland i was playing in the second league in finland then i went to hanover 
had some, some success, some failures, but then I wanted to go to a team that was, that I could do well, have fun playing hockey, make some money and, uh, and potentially win a championship. That was a goal right there. And, uh, I think we accomplished it as a team. Oh, we sure did. We, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we won it. Like we, we did it. We, uh, we, what were we down three, one in the finals or no, um, two, nothing. Two nothing to her. And we went up three two, and then they came back to make three three, and it went to game seven, right? Smoked them at home, right? Yeah, that's right. What a night that was with the gold helmets too, eh? And I have Colby and and Lisa. They didn't get to stay late because Colby's so young. But like you yeah. get to have you get to have your son out for his first like medal and trophy and gold helmet. It was it was pretty neat. Yeah, man, those are memories that uh, that I will never forget. I mean, those three years I was there, it was uh, pretty special. I don't know if you know about the story with my daughter, how she was born. That was the second year. Well, no, I don't. So let's do that. Let's uh, no, like the first year I was a part of. I know all about it. So let I right. want to know about your second year. So the second year is when Eva was born. We were playing in Frederikshavn in the so Frederikshavn for people that don't know in Denmark is way up north. It's the most northern part of Denmark, probably four the hours. The of Denmark. Yes, just half the hours. The country's half the size, but <laughs> yeah. <Fair laughs> yes, yeah. Same thing. So, yeah, so we're we're in Voines. That's down the bottom, and Frederikshavn's way up north, probably four or five hours. We play them. I, uh, Grace, remember Grace, Tyler Gatto's girlfriend? Yep. At the time, they're married. They have a kid. Shout out to Grace. Uh, have Just had a baby boy on the... The other day, maybe we had about oh, that. Con- but uh, congrats, yeah, congrats, Tucker, Tucker, Tucker Gatto. Oh, congrats, congrats, the Gattos. Yeah, that's what awesome. Beauty. Got some stories about him too after, but uh, <laughs> throwing a stick in the stands. Uh, oh, I remember <laughs> that, that one. Oh God, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so we're playing. We're going to Frederick's shop, and my wife doesn't tell me. She's like, uh, Grace is there the whole day, hanging out with Rebecca on the couch, trying to not to move, and I'm like, we brought an extra car material guys unbelievable material guys getty and all those guys at the time rest in peace getty but uh all those guys that are there and they drove an extra car up there and we play it we go into overtime i have two goals and then we score i score the winner in overtime four on three so i score a hat trick get off the ice dan says uh you have to get home your wife's giving birth she's going to be in labor soon so we get right in the car go home fly home raining out remember like just like it was yesterday and not get fly there. home you drive home well, really fast yeah, yeah right yeah correct correct sorry Can't this fly. isn't the nhl Can't, folks yeah. folks this is not the nhl they're not on a pj they We're are at- driving when he says they fly home that means they drove really fast and a little Peugeot, the boat, yay wide. That was probably shaking the whole <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> we were going over a hundred clicks, and it was uh, yeah, it was not good. But we made it there in time. We were driving really fast home in the rain, and uh, yeah, I made it there. And in the paper the next day, it was try mall, I'm baby, which is three goals and a baby that I have in my wall here. So it was pretty cool. No, that's all awesome, the me- memories that we have, like. Same thing like Colby being out there with the championship. It's cool memories that I'll I'll never forget. It's on my wall and the paper clippings. I can't read anything else but three goals and a baby. But yeah, I no, that that it's it's one of those nights, man. Mm-hmm. Like when you have your kids, you never forget it, and that you also mixed in a hat trick. That's pretty cool too. 
yeah, I have evidence too. So if yeah, so doesn't believe me. Um, I, I, there was an article about mine, which was like, had a baby and then flew to Scotland for a triple header. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I scored a lot. I might've, I don't even know. <laughs> Hockey gods are with me that day. That's all I can say. Um, that's pretty cool though that you did that, yeah. man. Like that that's a memory you'll always have. Um, like what a what a day that must have been. Oh, it was crazy. My sons is less than well, I played against Berlin and I missed the game. That's all that happened there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I missed Not the Pokal game. I know. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, no. So one thing I was curious because I was part of the first year and I, I know what happened. We won it. We've talked about it a bit, but the second year you guys win it again, but um, you have basically the same year we had together. So you're doing yeah. it with or without me. That's cool. Dan Seaman, whatever. You know what? You didn't need me back. That's cool. You won it again, whatever. But um, you in the playoffs, have 27 points in 15 games. What the fuck is that? Spelling was hot. Oh, was he shooting it? Yeah, I, think we, I think you've talked about this on previous episodes. He, could, he, could, he was shooting it. He was shooting Were you it. setting was, him up? Yeah, he was getting the apples. I think I had a lot of assists that, that playoffs. And uh, yeah, when like you said before, he can shoot. We just had oh. to get Kim. I was playing with Kim and him and. Okay. So you and Kim are getting the pucks and you're passing it to him and he's just snapping it. <laughs> yeah. And Kim's yelling at him. You have to play tonight. You have to play hard and you have to. Yeah. And yeah, you want to play. He, he's keeping yeah. him engaged. He's <laughs> yeah, keeping right. him engaged with his effort and heart and you're doing <laughs> yeah, your right. thing. You're going to score and pass. And you're going to be a pro, but Kim's keeping him engaged. And yeah, no, I could see how that line would work. Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect. You need to get Kim on the, the pod here i know have, I we, have we reached out to him i haven't yet no no i i got a, I got no but i got a different random flyer danish for for the first danish guy coming on here soon yeah oh can't wait to hear i that think one. it was uh when you shared it hey folks and just so you know if you share what you're listening to if you're sharing is caring if you share that you're listening to this podcast um, you never know what can happen. Quirky puts up a story that uh, he's coming on the pod. Next thing you know, a Danish guy reaches out to me and says, hey, it's been a long time. Next thing you know, I said, well, you want to come on? Boom. Here you go. How we get number one in Canada and the U.S.? Well, Denmark's next. Canada, who, who's next? Like, I, I'm pretty competitive. To who wants the battle? Because I got to focus on one thing at a time. <laughs> I know. One country at a time. We'll take them all down. Yeah, no, so the UK, UK we did, but uh, Monday we might go back to number one. We got David Sims coming on. I don't know if you ever talked to him or almost went to the UK, but no, yeah. he'd be your guy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no. Too, too, and, late, too late now. <laughs> um. So where are we anyways? I keep forgetting. So we're in Sundaryuski in the second year when you just rip it up with Kim and spelling. So you guys don't have any adversity the second year either? You guys get rid no, of same, you get rid of me, of and there's not even any controversy. You just roll through it all, eh? That's fine. No, I, it doesn't hurt. It's cool. <laughs> we have a lot of guys. I don't know what it was. I think. Uh... Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. No, you Kim and spelling. It's cool. You guys were great. You guys didn't forget about me at all. That's awesome. 
Not my doing, brother. <laughs> you know what? It's okay. It doesn't hurt. I went to Cardiff and had a great time. It's awesome. So no, I actually doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, but you, so you guys had no controversy. You just went through it. You just crushed everybody. Yeah, we were first, I think all year and in the playoffs, really nothing. I mean, got your way. 27 yeah. points in 15 games. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have that many challenges that year. Herning was obviously good. They were our, our stiffest competition. And uh, I think we, uh, we did well against them in the finals. We beat them too. So it was, it was a good year. Yeah. The next Heron- year was. Yeah. So that's my, my, my next question then before we get to Bremerhof and is uh, so you, you do just rip it up the first two years and you rip it up again the third year, but then you do not win it. So you're back-to-back gold helmet list, but you don't win it the third year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that third year, we uh, we lose to Espier maybe in the in the semifinals. And, uh, Espia it, it, would be Esberg, folks, just for the English listeners. <laughs> what am I? Yeah, exactly. You're so Danish, man. You're Espia. Like it's spelled yeah, Esberg. It should be Esberg. I, I get yelled know. at by the Danish guys. Yeah, yeah we, we we struggled. Uh, we were good all year, and then playoffs happened, and Esberg was hot, and they beat us. And uh, obviously, Sony Youth hasn't been the same in a while. They haven't won a championship, and uh, at that time, I kind of kind of realized I wanted to go back to back to Germany and. I had options previous years to go to different leagues in Austria. Well, and chop. Sorry, go ahead. I had other options to go different leagues, but uh, I liked Sondiusk and uh, I liked what was going on there, and uh, I was comfortable there and all that. So, uh, so I stayed there, and then that last year, I kind of wanted a challenge, a different challenge, and a different uh, opportunity. And I was lucky enough to to go back to the DEL and. Uh, show that I could play there and do well. So I, I was lucky enough to go to Bremerhof. And, and well, you pretty there. much put up six, almost 60 points a year for three years in Denmark and r- ran the show in the playoffs. And for you not to have left after the second year, you probably were like, geez, I know winning's fun, but I, you can, you can't always go up. Right. Yeah. That was the saying I said with that Foster, with Alex Foster that came on was, you can't always go up. Right, yeah. I mean, I had opportunities in Austria to go to different teams, but uh, the money was less than I was making. So I was like, I'm happy here. Why would I Right, then why would else? you? No, why I'm would not, I leave? Yeah, and I was the same in the second league in Germany. Mm-hmm. I was making more money than the offers I was getting in the first league to be yeah. a third-line grinder on a bad team. And it was like, well, why would I do that and try and prove myself like i've done it here i'm fine yeah i'm not 22 years old i'm at the time i'm a lot older i'm 30 years old 29 years old at the time why would i i don't care it's about money too and happiness and i was happy there and everyone treated me well and the third year i had a house at the at one point so it was good so oh you I, weren't I living on clovervi oh, i moved up bro oh really <laughs> was that just the first year uh, first two years. Yeah. I lived on Clover by the first two years, third year. I was going to say, uh, they didn't even ask me back. If you got off the street and got a contract, geez, they didn't even let me stay on the same street. Yeah, it was, I mean, it felt in Europe to be in a house was pretty cool. It was uh, a lot different than, uh, it was, it was nice, even though it was Voins and, uh, 
it was a smaller town, but uh, I enjoyed it. Right near the kebab house, so it was good. Oh dear, that's not good for the physique. <laughs> good for the taste buds. Oh gosh, that stuff. Don't talk dirty, quirky. It's getting late here. Don't start talking dirty. Okay, so you do leave then after the third year. Who did you lose to? Did you say that? Espia, Esberg. Okay, Esberg. never mind. You lost in the first round, second round. Second round, second round. Yeah. I was gonna say if he was the first round Denmark, geez, you suck. Okay. Moving on. Oh, actually, I got a random question before Bremerhaven. Is it said you played in the Champions League? Did you go anywhere cool? Who'd you play with? Who were you playing with when you're in the Champions League? Um, I played in the European Trophy in uh, JYP, which was the, before the Champions League. And then the Champions League, I played uh, with Sandy Use, and we went to, uh, where did we go? Skelefto in Sweden. And uh, is that Skelfty? In English? <laughs> yes. Kelfty in English. Skelefto for our Swedish listeners. Fair fair enough. This is a global podcast. Just curious because <laughs> I always saw Skelfty. <laughs> yeah, then we went to uh we went to Bratislava too. Um we took a, a we took the plane to to Sweden. This is with Sunderjuski? Yeah, we took a little plane, little uh the Prince of Denmark's plane or something like that. It was pretty cool. Really? I don't know yeah, that shit how. was happening I when how. I was there. I remember when I the Prince came and watched us play the one game. The Prince was like in the arena and everybody like whatever they did, waved to him or didn't he step on the logo too when he had to put in like 500 crowns or something? I think so. Remember I think that? we yeah. I think we find him. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Well, what a punk. Like, don't step on our logo. Is this your first time? Yeah. Who's you think you're is? a prince? You can step on a hockey logo? <laughs> Get a grip. You know the rules? <laughs> what a joke. Yeah, Prince of Denmark. What a yeah. So you guys probably didn't win much if you're with Sunderjuski in the day in the Champions League. You probably got crushed, right? We beat Salzburg one game. We lost to uh, we lost to uh, HIFK in Helsinki ten to one one game. Well, yeah, that would hurt. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it hurts when that happens. <laughs> I know. I've been a part of it. Okay, so. Um, now we're into Bremerhofen, which this, you know what, this part of your life probably means the most because the parts where my kids were bored and were alive were the most important parts of my career. Absolutely. Um, so this Bremerhofen must mean a lot to you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was there forever. Right. And uh, yeah, my kids, like you said, they were, they were going to kindergarten, Kita. Uh, kindergarten? What's kindergarten? Kindergarten? Kindergarten. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Okay, fair enough. Go ahead. We got a lot of Boston speakers on this. <laughs> on that. A lot of Maybe we'll there. get, get some followers in Boston after this. Who knows? Wouldn't doubt it. Um, yeah, so they were, we were in the, in the community, right? They were going to school there, and uh, Eva was there for four years. She was at the same school, so... Uh, the same was, school for four years? Yeah. Well, like the pre-kindergarten, right? In Germany, yeah. you can go when you're... It, may, if, it feels like home at one point, doesn't it? Yeah, man. It was uh, It was like home for us. We, I knew going there, like, I'm 30 years old, 31 years old. Like, I don't have many years left, five years left, four years left. Uh, this is where I want to end up. Not to mention we had so much stuff, so much toys with kids, right? So many Barbie houses and 
toy Barbies and all that junk. I wasn't wanting to move to a different country and all that. So yeah, I, I, we have a lot of friends just in the community that we still talk to and all that. So it was, yeah, it was like second home, right? Uh, for sure. It would be like five years, man. That's five years. A lot. I spent four years in Beatingheim and it was, it was a lot, man. It felt like home at that point. It was weird. Like you'd go home in the summers and you're like, yeah, like I don't know these people as well as I know these people anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. We're there eight, nine months. Those are like our group of people that we knew coming back here for four, four or five months. Uh, we didn't really see many people back here. It was like, that was our family. That was our, our a group of friends that we had. And uh, yeah, it was a bunch of awesome people that uh, obviously changed our lives forever. Well, and you did play well. I saw you like, so you go, you get out of the Danish league and go to the DL and get a chance again in the DL and you do very well the first year, eh? Like, you play very well. So what's your role when you get back to the DL? Like, are you second or third line center? Yeah, so so I signed a two-year deal coming out of Sandy Usk. Uh, two-year deal? I never had one of those, man. I would have got too comfortable. They probably knew that. Yeah, I signed a two-year deal, and then the last one was a three-year deal. It was kind of like – Okay, I stop it. I, I knew that was it. Yeah, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. I've only been on one year deals. They, it, I got, I got stressed out sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It was nice to have that. I mean, with family, right. It, you're nice to have that comfort and knowing that if you fuck up the season, you still have the next season possibly, you know, where you get bought out. But uh, yeah, the first year I was second line power play penalty kill. It was the first year in the DEL. So expectations again, were were low for the team as a smaller budget team in the DEL. And uh we exceeded those expectations. So there wasn't a lot of pressure on the team and everyone was happy. We did well. And uh, that's how it was continued to be. We continued to get better and better each year and improve our, our place in the standings. And we did well each year. And I set, that first year I played second line mostly. And then after that, it was second, third line, mostly the rest of my career. Can there. I, can I chirp Bremerhaven quick? Because I was there um, at the start um, when I first went to Germany way, well before you. I was in the old arena, and it was quite the spot. Um, quite the spot. It was very much like the Ripley Arena around here. But anyways, they get the new arena, they build it, and, like, how do you have the concourse, like, where people walk around in between the glass and the seats? Like, there's like 10 feet between the glass and the seats. Like you got to get the people up to the glass folks. That's, that's number one, right? Number one. What's number two. <sighs> I would say the multicolored seats. There's it a was an, one, it, there's a yellow one. There's different color seats throughout the building. I think you need to have a standard color. If you're black, you're black. If you're blue, you're blue. You can't aren't have they a, yellow and blue. Yeah, we have yellow helmets and blue, but you need to have, there's all different red, there's one red seat here, there's a white seat over there, there's a, I think you need to have all the same seats. I, don't know. I, I remember when they built that, and I was like, this is, this is what we're building over here, folks, like in Germany, this is the best we got, like, I know it's a small town, but you got better than this. Yeah, the fans, though, were unbelievable. When I was there, it was, the fans were amazing. It was, uh, I mean, it's Germany, right? All the fans are pretty cool and it was a good 
good atmosphere there and they really supported us. It was uh, awesome to be a part of that. That was and, a good thing. And what do you get when you live around Bremerhaven? Do you get a house or an apartment or what do you get? We had an apartment. We were right next to the school, which is good. We wanted to be near the school so we can wake up late and walk across the street in my pajamas and go to school, Eva and Eli. And it's, it is right on the water, isn't it, Bremerhaven? Like it yeah, is the, the fish town penguins. In the summer, it's beautiful, man. I, in the summer, we're always there. We're always there in like August, right? Beginning of August, end of July. And around the water there is beautiful. A lot of good fish and uh, seafood. So if you like seafood, that's the place to go in, in Germany. Sure. And you also played with a former potter, um, the guy that first hooked me up with my sponsor, the Bayfield Brewery, um, Jeremy Welsh. Eh? Yeah, Welshy. I mean, I think I reached out to you and told you how good of a player he was and kind of the same thing as Ryan O'Reilly and uh, same type of tricks after practice, kind of just little games here, how to what, what, what should we do? What kind of drills should we do after practice one time or stuff like this in between just little things that kind of make you better dropping pucks at certain angles and uh, everything's not going to be perfect and how to get it off as, as quick as possible. It was uh, definitely eye-opening to see something like that. I mean, he played in the NHL, right? And he, he had some tricks from, from St. Louis and stuff like that. It was uh, pretty cool to see his love for the game and, and that stuff. That yeah, was cool. Yeah, no, he, he, what skating with them in that summer like i was like geez the game has changed so much and i wasn't even i was in germany while it was happening like i didn't even know <laughs> yeah he was an absolute student of the game like we like we said uh yeah it was definitely cool to be a part of it he was i didn't really play with him much he was playing a different line but power play we kind of mixed in together and uh certain tips he had it was pretty cool to be with him and learn from him well, I know we didn't really talk about it much, but like me playing with you, the start of that year, um, like for my side of it was I was in Beatingheim for four years. I ripped it up. I always did well, but the team didn't have success at the end. So then they got rid of me. Well, I go to B, I go to Hellbron and the team doesn't really have success again but I still put up my normal points, but then they don't ask me back. And it's like, well, where do I go from here? What is next? And I remember that summer I was working for my uncle, like tiling a floor. And I was like, I don't know like what's happening. Like, I don't know where this is going. And then I got Dan Seaman called me and I was just trying to make some extra cash. I was just working to, and he calls me and says, like, we talk about the team. And then when I get to Sunderuski and they say, like, you're playing with Corey Quirk. And I'm like, well, I know who that is. I saw him in Rosenheim and I'm like, I'm playing with him. Like, this is my chance to, like, be back. Like, I'm back. If, like, I've had good years every year. Like, I have, like, every team I've been on, I've put up good numbers but like the team wasn't good because of whatever but like this team wins and now you're telling me i play with Corey quirk and i'm like let's rock and roll and then by christmas time i think we had like two points a game we were like top in the league and scoring and i'm like i'm right. back i'm a hockey player again yeah man it was fun it was definitely a an awesome year i mean chemistry wise i think we clicked right from the bat and 
just kept on rolling. Once that snowball goes, it just keeps rolling down the hill. And I think we just kept going and going and going. It was uh, definitely from my perspective, it was awesome playing with you and, and being with you and kind of reading how you play You're a shooter. And I was trying to feed you and find you open and work my ass off to get the puck. And both of us would just work off each other. Right. It was definitely. Well, cool. And like yeah. your work ethic was like, like I was more like, I would say like, I don't know what the word is, but like maybe more calculated where I was, but you were like, just a, like a dog on, like the, on the puck, like you're going to get it. You're, it's going to be your puck and you're taking it to the net. And I remember like when they, you were taking it to the net on me and I was like, he ain't taking it to the net on me. I'm getting in the way. Like he isn't. And the next thing you know, your teeth were out again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the price to pay. It didn't really phase me. It's, but you're making a play and I'm yeah but I'm just gonna yeah that's just how I am that's how how I worked man if someone's gonna take me out it's probably deserve it right I'm going to the net hard I want you to stop you're a competitor you're gonna stop me and price to pay I lose my teeth (laughs) oh man like playing times though yeah oh I was though and like playing I could see like the college team you guys had when like the the guys I know that were on that team I could just see like how hard you and Fenton would work every day and the other guys. And like, I could see how you guys would build each other up and make each other better. And like, when, when I went to Sunder like you were in practice in games, you were a gay, like you were a gamer. It wasn't just practice. Like you practiced, like you played and you were, ready to rock every game and i loved it i was like yeah this is my centerman i'm playing with him like and we're doing this and it was awesome man and it it got me a more years on my career because i was i don't know what was happening like i was having good years but i wasn't getting opportunities and i think mainly because i had a wife and kids and like a lot of baggage to fly over right right yeah yeah i mean just from my perspective, I just wanted to, like, if I just figured that's one thing I can control. I can control how hard I work, you know, if, uh, if someone else isn't doing something on the team or something like that, even if my day today, like if I'm out working someone in the field today in my work and, uh, I'm there and I'm out working them and I'm showing them, I'm, I'm giving the, an A plus effort, then people are going to respect me and, and want to be with me and want to work with me. That's kind of how I feel like I approach life, you know? Oh, I, cool. absolutely i totally have to do that yeah i mean yeah and the hockey players learn so much like like how hard you can work and like how far you can push yourself and yeah man like you were one of those guys that they're like the workouts you do there were no there was no complaining it was like let's do this let's get it over with we're a team and yeah, right you know, that's why you were the captain of your college team. That's why you were a leader in Sunder Yuski, right? Like, it was because, like, you, you didn't bitch about anything. It was like, there were the guys that are top scorers on team that come to Europe, and you're like, well, this apartment's not good enough, or this player's not good enough to play with. Like, you just put your nose down, and you're like, I, I'm going to go to work, and I'll see you out on the ice. Yeah, right, man. That's how I... I appreciate that. It's kind of how I kind of legacy. I wanted to leave kind of playing hockey. I wanted to 
be someone that people were like, that guy works his ass off. He might not have the most skill, but he works his fucking tail off and no one's going to fucking deny him that. You know what I mean? If, if you, you oh, to, then like for a, that. for a guy that's five, seven, five, eight, when you're taking it to the mm-hmm. net, man, nobody was stopping you. You were taking it to the net and like, it was an eye opener for me. Like, like how bad you wanted it. And I was like, I need more of that. I need to, I need to go to the net more like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think as I got older, I got maybe a little bit scared going to the net, but uh, when I was younger, I was kind of fearful and I would do whatever it takes to try to get a goal and to try to help my team win at any cost, anything that, that needed to be done. And uh, yeah, it's just how I am, how I'm wired. I think a lot of us are wired the same way. You're pretty much the same way, man. Like, at any cost, we do anything for each other. And uh, that's why I was happy enough to come on this podcast. I'm thrilled to talk to you and all that stuff. It was just unbelievable times to, to reminisce on oh, all the man. great times. You know what I mean? This is why uh, you do this. It's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Like, And you're just fresh out of the game. Like, you, you haven't had the five years to sit around and be like, geez, I really don't talk about it much. Like, you're just out of it. Give me yeah. five years and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do, we'll do another one. Um, Cause I ain't stopping this. This is going like, this, yeah, is, a, this is, this is a thing. This is not going anywhere. Um, yeah, super cool. I appreciate this. This is, uh, I mean, I've been out two months. I stopped the game two months ago and uh, when I saw it and yeah. as soon as I saw it, like, like, you know, hockey players check elite prospects. That's like guys that like, yeah. like it, even if you've been out of the game, and I saw, I was like, Quirky retired. And I was like, geez, I wonder what happened. And then I had a podcast. And I was like, guess what? I can find out what happened. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I always said, like, uh, once Eva gets the first grade, I want her in first grade here. here. That, was my, that was my thing going, like, once I had her. I was, like, six, six years old. She's six years old, right? I want her. You don't want, her, want her jumping here. around everywhere. No, you know what I mean? That's kind of what I always had in my mind. And I, lucky enough, everything worked out and I was able to land a pretty cool job. And uh, yeah, everything worked out. That's how it goes, I guess. Well, and that's the same with me, man. I wanted my kids to have a home. That's what I wanted. I, we had moved around enough, right? And if they right. want to do that in their lives, they'll get the opportunity when it's their age. But um, it's time to raise kids, right? Absolutely, man. I agree hundred percent. That's how I was. It was these guys, I mean, we're traveling. I mean, lucky enough, I don't have to go back in three weeks and move all this shit into a, into an apartment. Right. It's uh, once it's you've done it for feeling. that long, right? Uh, like yeah, 12 years, 10 years in Europe. And it was, uh, it's good to be home, man, to be honest, it's good to be home. Obviously I missed a game and uh, I'm playing men's league. I'm already signed up to play men's oh. league with all the other bed device guys they asked me to play you can't play with them quirky you can't play with them i know you you can't play with them i want to win i know you can't play with them (laughs) i'm telling you you can't play with them quirky i know you you're too good you're too young you're too in shape you cannot play with them it's about having fun and having beers and yeah well chicken chicken wings after too so that's why i was trying to find that level this yeah. whole for years around here and i'm telling you it's it 
Yeah, it, it sounds exist. like a it sounds like a better idea than it is because if you try hard, the other team hates you. If you right. don't try hard, your team's your like, team hates what you. What do you What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so I actually talked to a guy. Good luck, today. though. Good luck. <laughs> I talked to a guy at the hospital today. He's like, "Yo, Corey signed up. He's playing with us." Oh Jesus, <laughs> this is not a bad, good idea for me to do this. No, because oh, once okay. you get on the ice, you're gonna take it to the net, and somebody's gonna take your teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh man, I won't be getting paid for it either. Huh? <laughs> and nobody's gonna fix them. <laughs> yeah, right. There's no on. team doctor that's gonna go do it in your living room. <laughs> True. All right. Oh, man. So, do you got anything else for me? That's it, man. It was uh, obviously a great time, and uh, dude, it was a great, great time playing with you. Yeah, it was amazing, and uh, we had some special times and times that we'll never forget winning a gold helmet and uh I cherish that gold helmet all the time and uh wish you the best of luck and everything and uh, you and your family this guy here look at that thing oh, where is it oh boy i'm still superimposed in the locker room i better shut that down <laughs> but yeah no like i i hope everything works out for you man and like the thing is is everybody keeps thinking i'm gonna run out of guys i'm gonna run out of guys you got nobody else and i'm like don't worry. Every guy I come on that comes on gives me three or four new guys that they know Like they're like, this is the type of guy you need on. Right. And it just keeps snowballing. Like folks, don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. Yeah. Hockey community is very small. Everyone knows each other and there's a lot of people out there. Yeah. And the people that know who should be on know who should be on. And, um, Man, like playing with you, it, it did change my life for sure. The year we had in Denmark gets me it's to special. Cardiff. It gets yeah. me an MBA. Um, right. So thank you um, for the MBA. Because um, us playing together when we were ripping it up, um, it was it was special. And it got me an MBA and it got me the job I have now. And it got me the life I have now. So thank you, sir. No problem. Thank you. It's a pleasure to play with you too, Wally. You were a great player and uh, unbelievable scorer and uh, wish you nothing but the best of luck and uh, keep working your ass off and you'll be the best there can be, man. This will be uh, the top podcast in the world soon. Yeah. Joe Rogan, who? Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, believe. You got to believe. I, you know what? One country at a time. Well, I don't know where to aim next, but guess what, folks, with Quirky Odd, Denmark's up. Overmark <laughs> coming in hot. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Santa Claus fans. I'm like Pizza Towns and Zan. I'm always speaking my mind.